Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here, Darren over there. We are your two old bloggers. We have been commenting and pro- prognosticating on your Minnesota Vikings for over two decades apiece publicly. If I could speak today, everything would be better. But we're here to start off. It's our first live show on Vikings First and Skull. And it's about to start. Three themes as usual. First one, free agency, the offensive side of the ball. Second one, Free agency, the defensive side of the ball. And the third and final theme, State of the Vikings, we're looking into the cornerback room. Is it as bleak as some feel? We'll find out. Vikings First and Skull presents This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. And we're back. As usual, how are things in the great white north there, Darren? They're fine, Dave. It's been a very busy week if you're following the Vikings. So it's been it's <laughs> been a very interesting week. But uh, everything's fine up here in the north. Starting to get warmer. Long lots of daylight, lots of sunshine. Everything's good. I saw that it was a balmy 22 degrees Fahrenheit, which puts it at what? Negative hmm, seven Celsius? Yeah. 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 Yeah, seven eight seven eight Celsius today. Yeah, feels been like nice. been like that for been like that for a few days. Some of the snow starting to melt on rooftops. It's that time of year. Good, good, good. Well, speaking of that time of year, 
That's what this show's about. At the beginning of the week, Monday, it's been a wild, wild week. As folks know, we split off from Climbing the Pocket, formed our own channel. It's called Vikings First and Skull. And Tyler Fornis of The Real Forno Show came over, as well as Darren here on Two Old Bloggers. We are going to grow this into something extremely special, and we want all of you here with us every time because we enjoy participating and talking Minnesota Vikings, the team we all love, with you during the shows. I want to thank everybody for joining Nick, Ken, Kent, Drewster, uh, Raymond. Good to all see you made the way over. We love it. And now let's get this show started. We named it Vikings Free Agency. Why not? You know, where we are at so far in the week. Monday began the legal tampering period. Not that they had been not illegally tampering all the way up until then, but the legal tampering period became started on Monday and suddenly we start to hear names and agreements of deals. Come Wednesday, we start seeing signings. We saw some signings before that, some re-signings, I should say. But it's good. Hey, Steve, how you doing? So, on to our first theme. As I scroll down to get ready... We're given <laughs> offensive grades in free agency. Thumbs up, mediocre, and meh, or thumbs down. You can blame Dar Darren for this one. I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, we, we split it up into offense and then going defense slash special teams in the second theme just because so much happened that I, I didn't feel we could – You'd have for one theme, it would take us like three quarters of the show to to do it all. So wanted to split it up a little bit. And yes, uh, what we're going to do here is um, I and Dave will chime in too. Is give our thoughts on on the free agency signings. Thumbs up means I like it. Thumbs down means I don't like it. And if I'm kind of can't decide, it's kind of neutral or meh. I I don't go either way on that. Um, and of course, all that thumbs up, thumbs down visuals are from the Gladiator movie from the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good movie that I watched a few times. I don't know about you, Dave, but the, I want to get right into it. Get it, get, run and get right into it. We're going to start with the first one. We're going to look on is the very first. Uh, and my screen's blurry here. The it's the Dewline um, Internet, I think. Again, Dave. So I'm having trouble okay. reading the oh, stuff that's, that's it's, on it's there. Quasi's quote. A championship standard is looking in the mirror, being hard on yourself, being accountable to what happens, and finding ways to improve. We do that every day. We're doing that in an ongoing way. And this week, it's illustrated by all the moves that the Vikings have made. Hey, Justin, welcome for joining the show. First, Sorry, Justin, on... Viking censored yesterday with you, Dave and yep. Ryan Johnson. You guys yep. are talking Ryan about all these things. Great host. He and Lance <laughs> were awesome. 
Lance had, you want to talk about do line problems. Lance had some severe ones yesterday. It was funny. Um, I was watching, yeah, and then he he was on the screen, and then he was gone, and and he, he never came back yeah. <laughs> by the time I was watching. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get to our own takes. And the first one I want to get to was actually the first signing that we heard of, which was Josh Oliver, uh, the tight end, formerly from Baltimore, and uh, was like a, a three-year deal, which is really kind of a two-year deal. Uh, it came out as twenty one million, but there's only like eight point five or something fully guaranteed, or eight point two, something along, yeah, something along those lines. So uh, uh, you know, everybody was uh, when it first came out and they heard it was three years, twenty one million. People are freaking out because of Oliver. They hardly anybody's ever heard of this guy, I think. But uh, but uh, it, as it turned out, the, those. Uh, the, the financials and the details were not quite as he's not quite as expensive as Rishni came out, and there's uh, the usual free agency funny money attached to his contract. But uh, even though now, if you, now that we know more of the details of the contract, it's it's the money is reasonable. I still gave this one a thumb. It's a thumbs down for me, Dave. Uh, you probably have a different view because you love blocking tight ends, uh, mm-hmm. but I just don't know when Oliver. First off is, as if you believe pro football focus, and we're going to be spitting out a lot of those rankings here in this show. Uh, some people think pro football focus uh, rankings are garbage, but they are something that we base it on. I think pro football focus had Josh Oliver as either the, the top rated blocking tight end in the NFL last year or the second rated uh, block, uh, top blocking tight end. Either way, uh, he's uh, known and he's developed into a really good tight end. But I just... To me, even though the, the the salary is reasonable, I'm just not seeing where a how much is he going to play. Last year, the Vikings did didn't run a whole lot of twelve personnel, two tight ends. With him getting on there and being signed, now that the the speculation is that they will run more of that. But this is a team that comes from a pass first offense. Uh, I know that Kevin O'Connell is is a guy as a head coach has to be, and an offensive mind has to be. You got to be flexible and work with your with your with your personnel, but I just value for money. I'm wondering about this one. I don't, I don't think that Oliver after two years that we're going to, that he's going to be used enough and be valuable enough that he's going to be worth uh, the signing and the commitment that we've made to him, even though it isn't outrageous. Uh, blocking is important. Sure. And we had a very uh, inefficient running game last year, too many negative, negative yardage plays on running plays, too many uh, empty carries with, either again negative running plays or very little yardage on those running plays uh, but I just question how much even if Oliver is a great blocker and you can see the the pipes on him he's got some big guns on him uh, so but uh, I, I just like to me if the Vikings offense and their running game is going to really step it up next year and get much improved I think that's going to come more from guys like Ezra Cleveland Garrett Bradbury and Ed Ingram in particular they will step up their running their run blocking, and that's going to be where we get the real improvement and what's going to improve this Vikings running game more than just getting a tight, uh, a blocking tight end who's only maybe playing thirty percent of the snaps for you. Um, and you, he's got he's never made an impact as a receiver. Granted, Baltimore was always throwing to Mark Andrews over there when they did throw, and they were a run-heavy offense anyway. So Josh Oliver would always be an afterthought in the passing attack that the Ravens had. But 26 catches in over three years is still 26 catches. 
Last year, he got, I think, 14, which is a career high. Now at San Jose State, he did in his senior year have 50-plus catches. Uh, and when you look at his highlight reels, uh, he makes he's got nice hands. But he, passing-wise, he's just never been a factor yet. Is that going to happen with, again, with him playing 30% of the plays, 40% of the plays on offense? I, I'm just not – I just – I don't think so. Uh, again, maybe he's going to turn out to be like a Jimmy Klein saucer kind of dude where he's he's making a big impact, particularly on the run game. Prickly is almost like a, an extra tackle, uh, but making no impact in the passing game whatsoever as far as catching balls. Maybe he's going to be that guy. And if that's the case, then this will be a good signing. But to me, there's only one Jimmy Klein saucer. I don't know. I don't think that J- Josh Oliver is going to be it. Um, I, that's why I'm giving it a thumbs down. I just think that this is kind of a, a signing that – I'm surprised that we made when we were a team with some cap issues and some other needs uh, along along the the offense and the defense, which we have partly addressed so far. And to be fair to Kwesi Dofamensa, the tight end group before Oliver signing was TJ Hawkinson and not much else. <laughs> so yeah. there, well, there was a, there, yeah, Johnny Munt, uh, Ben Ellison got signed this week as well. So, but other than that, behind TJ Hawkinson, it's pretty bare. Josh Oliver. So, yeah, Muse is back. Josh Oliver, again, there's potential there, great blocker, but he maybe he becomes uh, because he's on a team that right now doesn't have a number two wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson's probably your number two receiving threat. Maybe, maybe he can get targeted more and make use of that receiving ability that people saw at San Jose Jose State his last year. Uh, But I think it's, it is uh, remains to be seen. I'm very skeptical about it, and I just don't think that he's going to have a big enough impact on the run side of the game, and going to have no impact on the passing side of the game. That I don't know. I just feel we could have spent the, the well. It, it was eight, a surprise. Until you fully, yeah. It was without a doubt a surprise to everybody. Um, to me, it's a thumbs up move. I think it's going to be a great addition to the team. The whole taking him first in free agency. That was a shocker to everybody. But I do believe that Kevin O'Connell is, at least I hope, he's on the bleeding edge of how offenses develop. He's come from both the Shanahan and the uh, McVay trees. He learns, he watches, he saw what the the final four teams in the playoffs did. They use a lot of 12 personnel. They create mismatches. Kevin O'Connell is talking about has talked about numerous times creating mismatches, especially with uh, TJ Hawkinson being our wide receiver too, without a doubt right now. Um, the way they can line up and put him out in a, you know, in a slot or wide or whatever, they can cause defenses all sorts of headaches. You think he's going to play a third of the snaps? I'll bet it's closer to... Yeah, maybe half. Well, that that may be high, but it's going to be up there. Um, I think they're changing the way this is going to go. And I think it's mainly, believe it or not, for the passing game. I don't think mm-hmm. it's for the running game. The running game's a benefit. Anytime you've got good blockers, that helps the running game, right? Especially, you talked about the key being the interior. The interior three, Cleveland, Bradbury, Ingram have to hold up 
and do their stuff because a blocking tight end is used on outside runs, right? Off tackle, off tight end. So that's where they're used. But you can't have some guy come up the middle, blow past Bradbury, and make the tackle before the running back even gets out to the outside, right? That does no good for having a a, a blocker out there. But it's the the mismatches and some of the downfield blocking, but it's the mismatches in the passing game because the defenses have gone a lot of nickel package. Nickel's generally the base for just about everybody, you know, in say three, four, four, three, whatever. But most everybody plays nickel because they're using the number of tight ends because it's such a passing league. Well, where the Chiefs had the advantage and the Eagles had the advantage was that they didn't line up all those wide receivers. They lined up some tight ends. And when uh, you get some small dude on a big dude, he may be able to keep up with the big dude, but the big dude's going to run him over. And that's generally the headache it causes. Do you bring it back in when you have a 12-man set or 12-man formation? Do you bring in your base and bring in more linebackers? Well, that causes problems too because we have wide receivers that can beat linebackers, right? So it's, I think it's, I think it is Kevin O'Connell himself saying, no, I want this. I want this as an option. I think it's going to change how offense is played. I am a little bit behind because Kansas City already does it, right? The Eagles already do it. I go, we want to catch up and we want to be as competitive as they are. And I think that's why this move was made. And, and I'm all for it. And if he turns into Jimmy Kleinsaucer, which I doubt, Jimmy Kleinsaucer was one of a kind and a legend. The way he could blow up defensive ends and defensive tackles was just a thing of beauty. If I see that from uh, from Josh, I'll be ecstatic. But I don't anticipate that. I think this is more specifically, you know, we hear for the run game, it's going to improve the run game. I think this is for the passing game. I think is why they got him. But we'll find out. That brings us to will the old line look differently? <laughs> uh, well, it, it won't unless Brian O'Neill can't get the. Uh, can't get it ready for the uh, <laughs> for the start of the season, and they got to put in a backup for him. But um, the the uh, the Vikings re-signed Garrett Bradbury. I would give this one uh, a thumbs up. Um, yes, we know Bradbury's issues. It's always going to be how does he handle power power big big guys who can push him back into the line of scrimmage and into the quarterback's lap, whether it's Kirk Cousins or whoever is a quarterback. Uh, beyond this season and, and next for the Vikings. That's an issue for, for Bradbury. I think it's always going to be an issue. Uh, if it, um, it's been an issue for four years for him, even though uh, he gained 10 pounds last year. Uh, and, but uh, I like it because it, it, it c- continues. It creates continuity on the offensive line, which I think is important. Uh, you're going to have, you're going to have probably all five starters back next year for the Vikings offensive line. Uh, whenever O'Neill is healthy enough to play. Uh, I think that's important that it would give them two straight years of that same starting five starting together. Uh, Bradbury plays a a very uh, a, a very mental position. Like he's got to be calling coverages. Uh, he's been doing that for four years. I think he's done it pretty well. 
uh, you you want that continuity too, so that he knows where the pressures is coming. Talking to his his guys to his left and right, telling them what to do, where to slide the pressure. I think that's important. And last year, um, again, Pro Football Focus grades, but he had his he had his best year by my eye test and also by the PFF's grades. Actually, was for the first time in the four years he was an above average pass blocker. And that's encouraging. And that's with Chris Cooper, the offensive line coach that you put up there. That was the first year Cooper was the Vikings offensive line coach. Bradbury had his best year with him, Cooper coaching him. Uh, And we've always known that Bradbury's a guy that he's great getting out into space, great on screens, getting to the second level and and getting to those small safeties and cornerbacks and, and, you know, pushing and and rolling them. Uh, Those are all his strengths. And when three years, uh, 15.6 million, so it's averages around five million a year. I think that's a very reasonable salary for Bradbury. Actually, it's a little bit and, lower than that. That's only if he hmm. maxes it out. Yeah, it, it literally it's just barely above vet minimum, and it percentage wise, his contract is basically what we've been paying him so far um, as a first round draft choice. Percentage per percentage of the cap, he's making basically the same there's no real big he's got to earn those incentives to get up a little bit higher so cost wise i i love i love how quasi's and brzezinski are working these contracts to get it in yeah so that the uh the, the the price is the price is right for bradbury i think that for the level of play you're getting uh when it's with with these signings, I'll, I'll wait. I've talked about it before is looking at getting good value for your money. I think you're going to get good value for your money from Bradbury. Even if he keeps at the same level he played last year, that's, that was, you know, top 10 type center in the NFL. No, he's not one of the best in the league. I don't think he's ever going to be. But again, at that price level that you're getting, uh, I, I like it. And what were the Vikings other options on the free agent market? It was a very weak center market. You were going to pay more for somebody like mm-hmm. Connor McGovern than you're going to pay for Garrett Bradbury. And are you going to get that much better play? I don't know. And you didn't have a whole lot of draft picks, at least yet. Are you going to really spend a first rounder on John Michael Schmidt? Uh, I wouldn't really like that, and uh, we'd and love to have John Michael Schmitz. Michael. Yeah, just but just not, not at number twenty-three. Not at number twenty-three. <laughs> yeah. So now, I want to a- getting, answer getting a few questions back. real quick. Yes, we know only Udo was signed. He was coming up. We're going to talk about him. And Drew asked, "Wasn't O'Neill's Achilles a partial tear um, and not is. a full Achilles injury?" That is correct. His timeline is to be ready for training camp, Drew. Um, but Kevin O'Connell, when asked about that, did not did not guarantee that he would be ready for the season, though. I think that's. But he's hoping, and they're they're hoping, and we've got the best training staff in the league. Yes, so we, we do, and that may have led to Oliudo signing. But that's true. Yeah. Um, so Bradbury, thumbs up. This guy next, Alexander Madison. I think a surprise to me. I thought he was a goner for sure. Uh, I think a surprise to a lot of people that he got re-signed. But again, uh, two years, uh, I think roughly, just roughly about $7 million thereabouts, um, and not all of that guaranteed. Uh, I don't. I like. I give this a thumbs up, but with a caveat: if Cook stays, then I give it a thumbs down because I don't really understand it. But I, I don't think Cook is going to be around. But he's he's still with us, so <laughs> a weekend. So so we'll see. But we've got uh, a pass physical. 
That's the true. Problem. Uh, that's but anyway, but um, Madison, thumbs up for this one. I think predict at the price that they got. Uh, a lot of people might not realize this, but he won't turn twenty five till uh, August or June, I think. June and. And so he's actually younger than Kenny Wongwu, who's already turned 25, and Ty Chandler, who will turn 25 in May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and Madison's going into his fifth season in the NFL. Uh, so he's young. He's in his physical prime. He doesn't really have a whole lot of tread on his tires because he was Cook's caddy for four years. And, you know, he, when, he, but when he got he in there. He has a lot of tread. Yes. Still. Yeah. That's – I'm just, misspoke but he hasn't been worked a lot in those four years because cook's been taking the lion's share of, of the workload as he should have but uh madison's a guy solid he's pretty much solid in everything i think he's a solid runner solid pass catcher solid in pass pass pro and you know if, if you're getting you're looking at no he's those but he's not going to be the elite explosive guy that dalvin cook was or, or maybe even is that 80 yard run against buffalo that Dalvin Cook hit that fifty-plus yard run that Dalvin Cook hit against Miami. That sixty-plus screen, the screen that he took for sixty bucks yards and took it to the house against the Colts. You're not going to get those kind of runs and and long yardage gains from I think from Madison Cook ever. Or sorry, from Alexander Madison ever. But at the at the price you're getting from him, if you can again value for money. If at the price you're getting from him now, if he's going to be basically your RB number one, and I think he's going to be, then in a is it in a running in a bit of a committee type committee, it it allows you to get Tyson Chandler and Kenny Wong a few more touches to see whether they have promised to maybe be the number one guy in a year or two. Uh, You're getting Alexander Madison again at 25 at, at his athletic close to his athletic peak, where he's still got lots of juice left in the legs. And really, is at, at the price you're getting for him, if you can get above average play from Alexander Madison, and I think you can, uh, I think that at his price, which allows you to address other areas, and maybe it's already allowed the Vikings to address other areas in the salary cap, I think uh, that is a better use of money than having a declining Dalvin Cook at a cap hit at $14 million on your team taking the bulk of the snap. So that's why I'm giving this a thumbs up. Because Madison's solid, he ain't Dalvin Cook, he never will be. But at the price range that you're getting him at now versus the player that Cook is now and his price and his mm-hmm. price and his salary cap hit, I think it makes a lot of sense for Quasi Dofamensa. And it fits in with the whole thing about you can't be paying running backs big, big they can't be eating up a big Over amount of your salary million cap dollars a year anymore. eating up a huge chunk of your cap. No. Now, people have commented on the graphics. Thank you very much, everyone. But I did notice something strange about this one. What is that on his helmet? Towards the back of the Hard for me to see. Hard for me to see. Looks like a, I don't know. It's his mouthpiece. He's got it stuck in the hole on the back of the helmet. Right, and the whole purpose that, that's not of gonna mouthpiece help is supposed to be in your mouth to help against concussions and bites. I thought this yeah. was funny, though. I had to look yeah. at a photo of this real close to figure out what in the world's on his helmet. It's his mouthpiece, which I thought was fun. Um, he forgot to put it in before the carry. Yeah. Now, I like Alexander Madison. He is not the runner that Dalvin Cook is. 
Dalvin Cook is so slick with his feet and can see, and his vision is so much better, and he can set up uh, blockers and holes by just what he does. He can, you know, defenders coming down on him, he can do certain things to get the defense to commit to over here on that hole, and he cuts it back this hole. Alexander Madison does not have that aptitude as much as Dalvin Cook does. What Madison has is he may not see that or be able to cause that, the breaking of ankles. And on the defensive side, that's why I always taught you, look at their belly button, because their belly button tells you where they're going. Not their head, not their feet, their belly button. But anyways, a little football coaching hit for any of you out there coaching. There's uh, Madison doesn't have that sort of skill. Um, but what Madison has is he he does run well. He if when he comes up on a defender, he's either going to try to leap over him, and he's famous for some of his hurdling stuff, or he's going to try to run through him. He's a he's a banger, and that's helpful, especially in the red zone. Um. And it can be adapted. Every time he's had to come in and start, he's gotten over 100-yard games. So it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a good move. I think we're going to see more running back by committee. I hope to see more of Chandler, not so much uh, Kenne. Kenne is going to be primary kick returner. Um, but I expect Chandler, from what we saw last year in the preseason, to be the guy that's pushing that. And it's it's going to be fun. Now, if Dalvin Cook stays, and as of right now, he does. We paid him. We paid him every bit of the money that he was due, both on the surgery and on the third day of the league year money. Um, the only way he's not staying is if we trade him and they take part of that with him, and that could go with him. It's, it's how the contracts read, that can't go with him. Um, and then we'll take some of the hit after that, but that's the only way I do see that they're trying to push that. The big holdup is when it comes to Dalvin is his shoulder surgery, the recovery from that, he's got to pass a physical. So I would expect to hear more Dalvin trade talk as we close in on the draft and we're going to get draft picks most likely for it. I don't see a player-for-player player trade, but I expect draft picks. And as you all know, we need them. So we'll see. We do. That brings us to the next signing or re-signing on the offense. Yeah, uh, free agency isn't just about signing guys from other teams, but it's also about uh, re-signing some of the guys that are that you had in your previous uh, season and uh, and whether you bring them back or not. And the Vikings made three kind of lower-level uh, signings on the offensive side of the ball, and, and Nick Mullins is one of them. He's back as the backup quarterback, signed a, signed a two-year deal. I give this one a thumbs up. Uh, again, uh, we talked about it when we were – talking about the quarterback position a couple of weeks ago, but perfect backup for Kirk Cousins and that he's not going to challenge Kirk for the starting job. So Kirk's not going to be looking over his shoulder at the, at the, at the young stud, you know, the, the young uh, stud, the crowd's not going to be calling for Nick Mullins to come in. Nick, 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 you know, if, if, if Cousins is having a rough go of it in a game or, or a half or a quarter 
And when he does get in there again, he's shown the ability that he can, you can win with Nick Mullins. He can, he can give you the opportunity to win. Whereas with Sean Mannion, Kellen Mond, some of the other stiffs we had as backups in the past, that was not the case. So I, I think this is a good signing and uh, you're, you're getting Mullins for a little bit less. Uh, Case Keenum, who I think is not as good a player as Nick Mullins as at, at this stage in Case's career, because Case is 34 or 35 right now, I think. But, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Case signed for a bit more as to be the backup in Houston uh, than, than what Nick Mullins signed for here. So again, good value for money, two years. You don't have to worry about the backup position for a couple of years. And, and you get a guy who, again, if he has to start a game or two, he can keep the offense functioning. He gives you a chance to win. So I give this a thumbs up. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know who's going to be the next one, but uh, maybe we'll put up Ali Udo. I don't know if it's Ali Udo or Austin no, Schlotman. No, no, it's Schlotman. But yeah. on Mullins, I like it. If you want to talk about when, prior to us signing Case Keenum back in, what was it, 17? Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Mullins is better than he was, than Case Keenum was coming into 2017 obviously 2017 things went off the rails and case keenum got that big lucky charm hanging from his big ample set of cojones and (laughs) everything went great and then after that year he got his big salary and went back to being normal case keenum um i do believe nick mullins is as good if not better than case was at that time prior to the magic that happened in 2017. So I think he's a great backup. I think what what we get him for two years. So yeah, I think, and I think that as a backup, he knows the system. It'll be, this is the second year under KOC. Um, The third year under KOC is Kirk Cousins, our quarterback. We don't know. It could be some young stud. And he'll be the one constant factor knowing what all to do and how to raise up and mentor that little young guy to uh, be a, a superstar in the NFL. So that's what I'm hoping. Uh, we got two more players. Next one, Austin Schlotman. Yeah, I'm sure this isn't uh, – I haven't seen any contract details on this yet, uh, David. It's uh, vet uh, minimum. Yeah, which is what he got last year. Uh, so not a big uh, cost – the you know thing for the the Vikings is not costing them very much, but I give this one a thumbs down. Uh, Schlotman was a guy that when he he didn't come in as uh, we didn't think he was very good when he got signed last year. His, his grades were terrible with the Broncos, mm-hmm. but Chris Cooper, he must be a Chris Cooper guy or somebody that Chris Cooper feels comfortable with as a, as a depth guy because Cooper brought him along. I think he had influence in in the signing of Schlotman, and we saw when Schlotman got uh, had to be the backup. For Garrett Bradbury, when Bradbury had to sit out with the back issues, that he was not very good, and actually got outperformed by Chris Reed, who has never played, hardly ever played center before in his in, in his pro pro career or college career. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I expected that Slotman would be back uh, because Cooper seems to like him, but I I think that he's a guy we could have tried to got a little bit better depth. We saw what he could do last year; it wasn't very good. Uh, why, you know? So I'm not really. This isn't a huge, huge, like... Nah, this is just depth. And he may not make the team. Coming out of He may not make the team. He may not even... And we may not need him to play, which hopefully we won't. 
But I don't know. I would have liked to have seen us try to get somebody in, in depth with maybe a little bit more ups, upside, as they like to say, if that was – but the Vikings thought otherwise. Um, so there you have it. Um, <laughs> but The next quarterback, GMAX commenting. Ah, yes. Still, everything's fuzzy. Can't see what people are commenting on. Um, well, it, the next quarterback is Rodgers after a down. <laughs> uh, marijuana saved Willie's life. And Drew, you play bass a lot better than Willie ever did. <laughs> um, that brings us to the latest signing, barring I not didn't miss anything this afternoon, by the Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Ole Udo. Again, back for, I think it was like $2.5 million, which is one year men's, at, which surprises me. I did, this one to me was a shocker, and I think it is to most everybody. We thought he was going to be gone. You know, he was a free agent. He did great in relief last year for uh, O'Neill. You can see his grades up there from his grade slides when we went through the tackles. He did outstanding. I figured he was off to become a starting tackle somewhere. Not the greatest starting tackle, but he was better than probably, you know, at least a third of the league. In need of tackles. Nope. He signed with us for basically minimum, little over minimums, which shocked me. I think it's a great move. I'm all for it. Especially yeah, it's if a thumb- O'Neill can't come back. It's a thumbs up for me, too, because exactly like you said, like uh, what we saw in, again, limited sample size last year, but basically in in, in three games, all you do, um, I said it when we talked about the offensive line compliment I could give to Ali Udo is that when he was playing tackle last year, I didn't notice him, <laughs> which means, which means maybe that, which means that got, you know, defensive ends that he was blocking were not getting to the quarterback. So uh, if he can keep up that level of play as a backup, it's a great depth signing. He's in his fifth year now. So I think it's fifth year. Uh, so he's, he's got experience in the league, lots mm-hmm. of starting experience. Granted, most of it was at guard and he was terrible at that, but some position flex flexibility. If uh, O'Neill is not ready oh, to start the season, offense. yeah. If if O'Neill is not ready to start the regular season, has to miss a game or two because of the partially torn Achilles, then I, I, you can feel confident that Udo will be able to be solid and get the job done. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, Dave. If maybe the market was not emerging for him in the first week or so of free agency to what he expected. <laughs> Which surprised me to no end. I mean, he had 189 snaps. He gave up three pressures. If you go, you know, times that by 10, that gives him 30 pressures on a year. That's not bad for a, a tackle. No sacks. Um, and maybe this is a case of uh, maybe he did get other offers, but maybe this is a case where, again, uh, the, the Vikings being the, the – like the place that treats its players the best, according to the NFLPA. Maybe Udo got some offers up for similar money elsewhere. But like, if Arizona is offering you maybe you know five hundred thousand more than the Vikings are, a but lot. you know they're going to, you know they're going to treat your family like shit, and you got to pay to eat at the cafeteria and all that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to go back to the Vikings, maybe. So I don't know, uh, but happy that Ali Udo is coming back for one year. It's uh, great for the Vikings' offensive line depth. It means that we don't have to rush Vidarian Lowe into um, like a backup tackle position if that's how it ends up being. 
And, and yeah, he, he played well when he did play last year. So thumbs up for this one. I agree. That brings us to theme two. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> free agency. Thumbs up. That mediocre, whatever, and thumbs down for the defense. Here we're going to start and with special our special teams. Yes, and special teams. Here we're going to start with our probably the most exciting signing so far this free agency period. Period. Byron Murphy uh, signed uh, earlier, you know, earlier in the week, um, and of course, been with the Cardinals last year. Was their their top cornerback. I am given this, I, I think some people, uh, there might be a lot of disagreement with me on this one, but I'm kind of giving this one like the, the neutral. Uh, I'm not too sure about this one. Uh, he, he was, uh, I, I, first off, the, I guess the pluses on this is that uh, Murphy seems like he's a, a great fit for what Brian Flores wants to do with the, the pressure coming from other areas, wanting his cornerbacks to play a lot of man and press man. Uh, that is something that Byron Murphy at his, in his four years with the Cardinals is, is he's comfortable doing that. Uh, he's a very aggressive, willing tackler and a pretty good one. And his pro football focus grades for run defense have been excellent above well above 70, like his entire four years with the Cardinals, the Vikings had issues on all levels of defense last year, but certainly run defense was one that, they really had a lot of issues with. And so he could help there, I, I think, with his tackling ability. Um, very, he was very productive in college. He was a high draft pick. He was the second, he was the first pick in the second round in, in, in 2019. So very productive. He was highly regarded, but he just, it doesn't seem like, like if you look at his pro football focus grades, his overall defensive grades, they're not really great. Uh, his pass coverage grades are not really great. If uh, he and and it's worth noting, I think that the, the two guys that were our starters at the end of last year, Patrick Peterson and Duke Shelley, their pro football focus grades are much higher than Byron Murphy. So uh, you can almost look at like we and Patrick Peterson ain't here anymore. He's left the building, and Duke Shelley is still not resigned yet. Um, we'll get into that a bit later, but uh, uh, you're. Bringing in Murphy to replace those two, at least what we saw last year, I have some concerns about whether he can provide the level of play, coverage play there that those two guys did at the end of the year. Um, so that that is, and 
he's he's slow for a cornerback. His speed is not his thing, that uh, which is always concerns me for as a cornerback. And and yeah, he just never seemed to put it together. Even though he was talented and productive in college, he never seemed to put it together in Arizona. So I have some concerns about this one. Even though uh, he was one of the guys that was uh, a lot of people who followed to the team were saying Byron Murphy, he could be a Vikings target, and we did end up signing him. Uh, but the, again, the some of the good things are he's 25, he's young, mm-hmm. he's pro- probably got his. You could say he's got his best football. I think it's certain that his bet he may not have played his best football yet, um, and the F- Flores defense could be the right system for him that brings out the best in him, uh, playing the press man, playing a lot of coverage. Uh, he also has that position flexibility because he's played in the slot a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's played outside, and la- last year he played more outside with the Cardinals. And he had his best year, at least by pro football focus grades, last year as the outside. So I don't know where how the Vikings are going to treat him right now. We don't have an obvious uh, a cor- uh, like a a slot nickel guy because um, Shannon Sullivan definitely ain't coming back, <laughs> or at least I yeah. hope not. <laughs> well, I, I give this yeah. a thumbs up. I do think he's going to be good. He is a prodigi- prodigious tackler, which we haven't had in a long time at plays corner. I think it bids well for, especially if he plays nickel. Um, I don't know if they're going to start him on the outside, move him in on nickel situations, or who they're going to have at nickel. Um, And then whoever the loser is out of Booth or Evans comes in when he moves or whatever it's going to be. Now, the best way, PFF was not good to him. The environment down in Arizona obviously was not good to him. But one way to evaluate is, Look at the receivers he's covered and how did he do against them. And in some of the uh, NFC West, he shut down their basic, their best receivers of opposing teams. And it was outside the NFC West that he didn't. So he obviously knew what he was looking for. Now, he did mentor under Patrick Peterson. That's a good thing. He talked about continuing the mentorship program both from Patrick from afar, but to extend it to the young guys we've got on the squad already, I look forward to that. That brings in – it shows that he has some leadership um, potential, a possibility if he does that. I think it would be a great deal. I do think he will do better in this system. Their big deal was, do you know what uh, Arizona offered him to play money-wise? I, I don't. $16 million per year. Hmm. And, and yet, here he's playing for what? About half of that? Yes, for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and that's one thing I didn't mention, Dave, and I'm glad you brought it up, was was is the compensation again. Um, you know, I, I, have, uh, I have some concerns about this working out, but if it does work out in the two years he's <laughs> here, again, we got him at a pretty good price, and we don't, we don't have a long-term commitment to him. Uh, where if it doesn't work out, we're, right. we're hamstrung with, with big cap hits in three or four years down the line. That that like with all of these signings so far, that's been one of the common denominators is not not locking us into a lot of years on the contracts mm-hmm. and balloon payments at the end. Yeah, still still keeping the cap low, which I think is absolutely fantastic. But the reason he said, if you watch this pressure, part of it was. He talked to Patrick Peterson. He talked to Jordan Hicks. 
And they're like, dude, you need to come here. This place rocks. And, mm-hmm. and you know, even if you take more, less money, you're going to love it a lot better here because I guess Arizona's a dumpster fire. And he made that choice. He took less money to come to a better environment. And with Brian Flores leading the defense, I think he's going to get some of the coaching he wants and needs, and he's going to step up. I, I love this signing. I think it's a good one, especially since we let Patrick Peterson go due to money issues. So they're due to contract uh, disagreements on disagreements the number of years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the next defender we picked up. This big dude, Marcus Davenport, edge rusher. Yeah. Saints. Yeah, Marcus Davenport. And I do uh, – this might be my favorite signing so far. Um, I don't know, but I give it a thumbs up. I really like the signing. Uh, and, again, one year, $13 million. So uh, for – and the edge rushing market was – on free agency was not very strong. Um, right. Like So, I, you know, I like – I like this signing. I give it a thumbs up. I think it's something that the Vikings need, especially if Sidarius Smith moves on. But as of now, he is still a Viking. Uh, but like Davenport, again, the, the concerns are, are well known. He only had a half a sack last year. Um, and that's if you're a guy who's supposed to making your money on sacking the quarterback and, and you only get a half a sack in a year, well, that's uh, usually not very um, appealing. But Sacks against sometimes, you know, sacks, you defensive linemen, edge rushers sometimes fall into sacks. Like they, they're not the ones that created the pressure, but they end up getting the sack. Uh, Davenport is a guy who's always had a high pressure rate in his, in his, in his years in the league. It's been, he's averaged around just over 12% or more every year he's been in the league. That's pretty good. Um, if you, so I like it. Um, I like that. He's also been a strong run defender. Except last year, he fell off from what I read, but in the previous years, he's been almost at a at a he's been a, played the run at a very very high level. Important for the Vikings because they sucked at stopping the run last year. Uh, so he's not just a pass rusher, folks. He's a guy that can is can play beastly on the run as well. So he's a he's a guy who can do it all really uh, as a as an edge rusher. I like that. Um, the of course, the concerns are the big concerns are with him is that um, the missed time. Yeah, I think he's missed 19 games over his career. He hasn't and played more than 500 snaps a season. That's right. He hasn't. And last year, Daniil Hunter, for example, played 906 snaps, and uh, and Z, Z Smith it was 717, I think, and he missed some game. You know, he missed a mm-hmm. game or two. Uh, they held him out of some games, I think, as far as snaps because of the knee issue. But yeah, so Davenport in pro sports, the most important ability sometimes they say is availability, and he hasn't and he hasn't been available as much as you would like. That's a risk. Uh, that said, I think a lot of his injuries have not been like major injuries. Uh, they've just been some things that have cost him to miss a few games here and there. So may, uh, so again, with our very good training staff, we can maybe turn that around. If you've got Davenport on the field all the time, uh, available for seventeen games. When you look at his highlights, when he's playing well, uh, he's a guy like, again, great speed, power type thing. Mm-hmm. He's got very, very long arms. And, like, he can, like, use those arms to keep tackles off of him but then shed them 
to, to make plays. Uh, he's very talented. And I think that, again, with Flores, Flores will find a way to use him, maximize his abilities. And if we happen to keep Zedaria Smith around, you got Hunter, Zedaria Smith, and Marcus Davenport as your three edge rushers. I think that's a very, very delicious trio, pass rushing trio that the Vikings would have in 2022, 2023. They're going to give offenses a lot of problem if, problems if they can do that. And so for all those reasons, I give this dining a big thumbs up. Well, Marcus Davenport can play the edge. He can move down to five technique or four eye uh, on the inside a little bit. If all three of them are there, he's the first one off the bench because your two starters will be Smith and Hunter. But he's the first one off the bench, which I think is absolutely fantastic. They could wreak hell. He can play outside on one side, Daniil on the other, and Harrison Smith can play the Joker and move wherever across the middle. I think that would cause nightmares to offenses around the league that we got to play for. They would just – you'd have quarterbacks curling up in balls after games, whimpering in corners, because these guys are going to get a boatload of pressures and most likely sacks um, all day long. And that really intrigues me. I, The more I think about it, the more I don't want them getting rid of Smith. Hey, we're under the cap, folks. Even with Smith on board, with Cook on board, uh, we're still under the cap. So I just that that to me makes a pass rushing soup options, you know, that it Brian Flores is just gonna salivate at. On top of throw in, let's bring uh Harry, the hitman Smith into the box, let's bring in Lewis Seen into the box, let's have Brian Asamoa come shooting in on a blitz. I, I, It's going to terrorize offensive coordinators, and quarterbacks are going to go home with their le- uh, tails between their legs just whimpering. This, to me, I think is a masterful step to improve our pass rush. Now, you got the one guy in the middle that we still haven't addressed, that's Harrison, uh, yeah, Harrison Phillips. He's your run stopping nose guard. Um when on obvious passing downs, he's gonna come out, and that's where you're gonna see the three of these guys come in and just wreak havoc. And I just it I salivate. It's gonna be wonderful. I think it's and gonna just, be so good. If and if they are gonna keep Smith and Hunter and you've got Danaford also think about uh just the fact that Instead of when you're giving Zedarius or Daniil Hunter a break, mm-hmm. uh, instead of bringing in DJ Wanham or Patrick Jones, you'd be bringing in Marcus Davenport. I think that's a big, big upgrade in ability right there uh, with mm-hmm. Davenport coming in to dispel those guys as well. Which And those guys can learn from him as well because he's played, and it's hopefully a motivation deal who can, who can play the best, you know? Put stars on the board in the defensive edge room. Who got this many pressures per snap? (laughs) Make it a competition. Let's see who comes out on top. I think this is going to be a heck 
heck of a signing. I like it. Speaking of, I just talked about Harrison Phillips coming out on the um during passing downs. The Vikings signed defensive tackle Dean Lowry. That came out yesterday. Uh, it uh, continues the tradition, the Vikings tradition of at least adding some Packers player uh, <laughs> during the offseason as a free agent. Um, I am giving this one a thumbs up as well. I think that I've always liked Lowry, um, even though I hate the Packers, but I've always liked him as a player when I've watched him. And I've watched him a fair bit because, you know, that, that team from Wisconsin plays He's the Vikings twice, twice a year. A year. And, and they're on national TV the rest of the time anyway. Uh, so you, I, you get to see Dean Lowry a lot in the time that he's with the Packers, and I thought I liked him. He's a solid, I think a solid guy. Uh, he's a thick, stout dude who can provide you with the, like provide you with some beef on the defensive end or if you kick him inside. He's got a ton of starter experience. I think he has 70 starts over with mm-hmm. that team from Wisconsin in his career. And he does have, you know, a bit of pass rush ability. Yeah, he's not going to get 10 sacks a year, but two years ago he had five and a half uh, as, a, as a defensive end in the 3-4. And we know that defensive ends in 3-4 is unless you're J.J. Watt, you don't you generally get a lot of sacks. Uh, but but he can provide some pass rush pressure for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's stout. I think he can help us on the run defensive side of the things. A ton of starter experience. And, um, and you know, we had a need because Dalvin Tomlinson signed with the Browns last week for a lot, lot more money well, than what we're getting. Well, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're getting Lowry. They're good for, for Dalvin. Yeah. Yeah. We got Lowry for, I think, two years, 8.5 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty, again, pretty reasonable money. It's going to give you good value for the money for what you're paying Dean Lowry. And, at, he's not. He's actually a little bit younger than Dalvin Tomlinson too. Tomlinson's already twenty nine, and Larry won't turn twenty nine until a few months from now. Uh, so I'm giving this a thumbs up. I think that he's going to be a good, solid rotational piece for us. He's an upgrade over somebody like Jonathan Bullard, and uh, and defense defensive line. Even if you had Dalvin Tomlinson, Dave, we needed to get better mm-hmm. talent we up, needed on there anyway. Uh, James Lynch just really hasn't hasn't really worked out uh, yet for us. Zazie Otomoweo, we're not really sure what we have there. Uh, I like him, but he's still young and didn't play a lot last year. Dean Lowry is a veteran, solid, lots of starter experience, playoff experience. He can be a good leader, I think, in the locker room and help the younger defensive linemen as well as, uh, you know, teaching them the ropes. And he's always going to be motivated at least two weeks a year. Yes, hoping he's motivated. 17 weeks and then oh, I do too but, but against uh, his former team hopefully is special that brings us to our special speaking of special uh, special teamers re-signings yeah we re-signed Andrew DePaula the long snapper I think he got the uh, all pro he, long snapper get your yes. uh, get your terms straight <laughs> well, I was omitting that important part, Dave, that's for sure. I think he's also now the highest paid long snapper nope. in the NFL. He was when he signed. The next day, uh, I forget who it was, another long snapper moved just above him. Apparently. Oh, well. There he's you the go. second but, highest paid long snapper. <laughs> yeah, but they, they the Vikings re-signed him. Uh, I give this a thumbs up. I think uh, even though it's a very specialist position, um, 
he's he's snapping on every punt, on every uh, extra point, on every field goal attempt. Um, those are important points in the games, whether you like it or not. And DePaul has shown that he's uh, very good at his job. It helps again with the continuity. When last year, when Greg Joseph, who we also resigned and we're going to get to, but uh, mm-hmm. when Greg Joseph was struggling last year, there was talk about how, well, like, what's wrong? What's going wrong with the operation? And uh, one of the theories was that, well, we've got um, the the punter, the new the rookie punter Ryan Wright, as the snap as the holder, and the thought that 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 him and Joseph were just not quite familiar enough meshing, and that was causing some issues, but. Oh, the, the, point, the point being is that uh, that's a very – timing's a very big issue with those three guys. And so to re-sign the guy snapping on, on, on field goal attempts and extra points and having that continuity and, and also having the guy who's kicking them, the extra points and field goals, uh, I think it's important to have that continuity and familiarity. And we've done that by re-signing both. I, I give the, the Joseph signing a slight thumbs up. Um, you know he's been he's been a he's been a and I think an average an okay kicker for us, uh, but he's he's missed ten extra points in two years, which is the yeah, most in the it's NFL. The extra points that drives everybody crazy. And he went uh, he had this year he had a seventy eight point seven uh, field goal percentage made, which is the lowest of, of his career. And uh, he was four from ten from fifty yards or more. Uh, not very great, even though he's got a great leg, but he just wasn't very accurate on the 50 plus this year. So there's concerns there, but uh, again, he's shown the ability two years where he hasn't, he hasn't been like a, a huge uh, dumpster fire like Dan Bailey was when we brought him in or Blair Walsh was at the end of his tenure with the Vikings. Um, he's made some big kicks. Partly because of the coach. Yes, he's made some big kicks for us as well, like the sixty-one yarder against the Giants, mm-hmm. the longest he had, field what, goal. Five winning kicks last year. Yeah, that's um, that's good. That's clutch. You want that now? If he could hit his field goals that consistently or his extra points, I'd be happy. And maybe it it is. You know, we did the interview last year, and with Ryan Longwell. And Ryan Longwell says the most important thing is to keep the group together so that they can constantly work. Don't keep changing out people. And they will naturally get better. I hope that is the case. Uh, and DePaulo is what four years, four million, one point five guaranteed. If yeah. you think about it, what's the vet minimum? It's a million dollars for a vested vet. You're not paying a boatload of money now. It's a great deal if you can get it. Kicker and punter are the best dollar per play that you can make uh, because you're only going to what play ten plays a game. And on average, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Divide that, you know, by uh, 10, 10, 10 divided by a million, that's 100,000 a play. Yeah, I'm good, right? Or whatever <laughs> it is. And uh, and the, and that's wrong. You get to divide by that, 17. But anyways, um, DePaulo has got to play on both those plays. He gets, you know, almost as good. It's a good job if you can get it. I have no... Doubt about it. And the folks say he's no Mike Morris. Um, I agree. Mike Morris was awesome. But he's he's solid. He's good. Uh, and hopefully with all the group back together, right, And this year will be the best for them. And that, that can't hurt the Vikings. That's got to help us. 
And like I said last night, since we're finishing this up, the Vikings offense last year was a number 10 offense with hopefully better special teams when it comes to kicking and punting because all those guys are back together. And the changes on the offense so far, which is negligible, we added up uh, number one blocking tight end. We got rid of Adam Thielen, who wasn't doing a terrible amount of stuff. TJ Hawkinson had passed him as the wide receiver, too. Uh, we have KJ Osborne. Obviously, he's going to move up into that sort of role, three slash two. And we're going probably more 12 personnel because we do not have a true wide receiver, two yet. Keyword yet. I don't see a drop in production. I see an increase in production. Throw Kirk Cousins into a contract year where he's got to perform. I don't see us dropping below 10. I see us going up above five. Um, You know, another year, another cycle with the coaches. Everybody knows what they're doing. you got people that want to be here because of facilities and the environment and the coaches and the players and training staff and everybody's so good. Um, I don't see a drop. I I see this as a benefit. And then take what Quasi has done so far this free agency. All these guys, there seems to be a plan. And he's working the plan. Quasi has a type. Now, uh, Larry didn't fit the type, but Quasi has a type. He wants guys coming in that are 26, 27 years old coming in off that first contract where they flashed that they could be very, very good. But they had some issues. Most of them, it's injuries. Then he gets them in, and the pay is low. It's not killer. There's no, we're going to sign you for seven years, and we're going to give you $150 million, and we're going to put all that money way out in the end because we're worried about cap this year. And we're going to blow it up and we're going to screw 2024 and 25 and 26. None of that's taken place. They've all come in. They've gotten reasonable contracts, usually below market, right around vet men's, maybe just a tad above. And they're short term. They're one, two, three year contracts. And then even the three year ones care, actually, well, you can look at it as a two, even a possible yeah. one they could get out of type deal. And that this season coming up, 2023, for all these guys is an audition. Are you going to make it? We're setting up so that in 2024, we have all the cap room in the world. We can go get our quarterback we want. We can go get our free agents we we want. We are staying competitive this year because we're not getting worse on offense. We're getting better on defense. You guys can submit your legacy early. You can make that 2024 team. Right, If you step up and help and improve over the play you did before, and if we don't like you, we'll get rid of you. But if you do better, we're going to like you. And then after that is when that stuff starts building back up again. And I think it's a brilliant move, and I give Quasi in this whole thing a thumbs up. Some of these players I get, nah, right? Um, but Quasi and the way he's working this, I give a full thumbs up. I think it's going well. 
Do did we get everybody we want? I doubt that. I'm sure there's players we missed out on because the other teams with stupid money, you know, Chicago, um, can you know literally outbid somebody. But when you get you know your number one corner takes half pay just to come here because Minnesota's so great. I think that's I think that helps. And I'm looking forward to the 2023 season. Looking forward to the draft, obviously, and what else we do in free agency because we've got to fill out the 90 man roster, folks. Yes, draft picks are going to be part of it, but we'll we'll continue to hear some other low level signings. But it's, it's it's interesting. I like it so far. What's your opinion of what Quasi's done? Well, I'd echo that, Dave. I think it, it, if you look at the players that we we select, we side as a free agents. I think particularly those ones that uh, came from outside the organization. You just you have to consider where our cap space was when we went into this sort of thing, and and that has to that has to set your level of expectation of what we're actually going to do in free agency. And I think that the Vikings and Quasi have been more active in free agency than I was expecting, based on you know, what our cap situation was before free agency and even where it is now. Um, but I, again, I like the fact that I always, uh, when we've talked about free agency in past years, Dave, on our show, we talked about how I always feel that like, A, I don't want the Vikings to sign a lot of free agents because that means we must have a shitty team because <laughs> <You know? laughs> we because we got a lot of holes. Uh, I, I like I like us to identify one or two, three guys and that can help us in certain spots and go get them, but not sign eight to 10 because uh, Super Bowls don't get one in March. <laughs> right. yeah, right. you, you can move, you can move your way. To, and I always think that again, on free agency, uh, a lot of times you end up overpaying and you don't get good value for money when, when all things are said and done, those players will never, in most cases, will never have the chance to uh, outperform their contracts because they're getting so much money. <laughs> uh, so I don't, so I, uh, I think that again, the expectations we had to be low, we weren't going to be getting like a Terrell Edmonds. We weren't going to be in those kind of sweepstakes and paying stupid money for Terrell Edmonds. And, and I don't even want Edmonds at that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I like this, what the approach they've taken, they had limited cap space. They've signed some guys who potentially, like I said, are, are young coming into their second contract They've got a lot of talent. They may not have always met that talent in their previous stops, but at the at the years that were we, the contracts with the years that we've signed and the and the salary, the cap hit that they're they're taking up in during that time, it, it's I I think it's a it's a good strategy to have based on the the state of the team and the state of the salary cap, mm-hmm. and gives you flexibility to spend more in twenty twenty four and beyond. If you feel you need to. Okay. Now we're about to move into theme three, the cornerbacks. So everybody gird your loins, do whatever you need to uh, uh, tighten that constitution. What we're about to talk about isn't as pretty as some of the stuff we've said so far. So on to theme three. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're going to talk about corners. And presently in the cornerback room, we have these six individuals. You would expect that they sign at least three more between now and when training camp starts. If not four, five, or six. You want to start camp with at least nine, usually go to 12-ish of the 90-man roster. Not everybody on the present list is a 53-man candidate, I would think. Some of them we haven't even heard of. (laughs) No. But let's get into corners. And this is, yeah, the, this is our uh, look at the cornerback unit. We've been getting into the defenses now. Last week, we did our first defensive uh, unit safeties going into corners now. And this is the first week where we were t- looking at a safety unit and we actually have a little bit better idea of what the Vikings, uh, how it might look because we've actually, free agency has started and we've actually done some things or not done some things um, to address that unit. And and we knew, but we the, the the thing about the cornerback unit, Dave, is that there's going to be some changes, uh, some mm-hmm. big changes to it. And we knew that going in, uh, I think. But right now, uh, it all started. The, the guys who are, are starting outside corners at the beginning of the last season, Patrick Peterson and Cam Dancer, well, they ain't coming back. Dancer got released, which was a bit of a surprise to me because uh, he's young, he's cheap. I, I think he's talented. We had control of him for one more year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I'm kind of wondering why. Maybe the market wasn't there, but uh, there's maybe they that are floating. I, 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 why didn't we try to trade for him? Maybe we did and try to get some draft capital back. And maybe they felt that uh, the the salary cap space that they were going to add by cutting him was more valuable than whatever draft capital they got. Anyway, it didn't take him long he to get a job. He wasn't making a whole lot. No. It didn't take him long to, to get a job. He got signed by Washington, I think, two days after he got released by mm-hmm. us. Uh, so that's one starter, uh, even though he got replaced at the end of the year. That's one starter, potential starter that's not on the Vikings anymore. I don't know. You know, it, he was talented. He was young. He was cheap. He was also injury prone. Um, and I don't know if Brian Flores felt that he was a good fit for the system that he was going to be running. So that, that, that all may have played into the decision to release Dancer as well. But he's not back. Patrick Peterson, of course, signed with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers for a two-year deal. Not surprising as well because, again, he was a guy, didn't seem to fit what Flores wants to do at his stage of his career. He's more of a guy who should be in zone-heavy schemes. That's what he seems to like because he was very happy in the dead Donatel system last year and did very well in that that system. And it's a natural transition for an older corner. He's going into the Hall of Fame. He used to be 
a man on man type corner physical he's aging and the transition transition back to zone and we'd even talked about moving him back to safety um seems natural the vikings wanted him back he wanted back but they couldn't agree on terms um to do that and the steelers stepped up and he is now a pittsburgh steeler and steeler fans are for the most part very happy for it and you know kudos to Patrick Peterson from particularly last year and the level of play he had. I did not think that we were, he was going to play as well as he did last year after what I saw in 2021, but he proved me wrong. And he was a big reason, you know, a big part of the Vikings success last year, uh, but he's not back. Dancer isn't back. And then you're hopefully, and then you're or the other third guy who played a lot uh, was Chan and Sullivan as your nickel. Oop, I got Duke um, yeah, well, we're going to talk about him too, but uh, but Shannon Sullivan, Shannon. he was free agent, currently unsigned by the Vikings and everybody else, and uh, frankly, uh, that should not be surprising either. I think he was probably might have been he had to be the one of the worst, if not the worst, slot corners in the NFL last year. Continually picked on by teams uh, in the particularly if you were, and I'm sure everybody does, you remember the Giants playoff game. The Giants, everybody the Giants put on Shannon Sullivan caught the ball. Like they basically, I, I think there's a, an argument to be made that if, if the Vikings had uh, like a, even a replacement level slot corner in that game and not Shannon Sullivan, they might have won because mm-hmm. <laughs> the Giants just picked on Sullivan over and over and over and over. Well, you notice this picture? What's he doing yes. here? Well, he's trying to catch somebody who's caught a ball. That's right. He's in the trailing <laughs> position trying to catch somebody. That's exactly what's happening. So, I Sullivan, uh, I don't think – hopefully he's not back. Hope to God he's not back. I don't think the Vikings have much interest in bringing him back after what they saw last year. But even so, that's the Vikings have three starting corners that they have to replace right now. Well, they got one. They signed Byron Murphy. We already talked about that. Um mm-hmm. And uh, I, I talked about my concerns, how I'm kind of on the fence on the signing. But uh, again, he's young. He's got a lot of potential, a very good run uh, tackler. And again, his best football is probably ahead of him. Brian Flores gets to work with him. Uh, maybe, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that this could really work out well for Byron Murphy and the Vikings and the Vikings defense. So he's one starter. The question is, is he going to be mostly in slot or is he going to be outside like he was in Arizona last year? I hope they keep him outside, but it's good that he has that flexibility in case we do have some issues getting a slot corner, which brings us to, um, so he's the one guy. I think that the Vikings certainly with the, uh, with the way the cornerback room is, is set, the two guys that they do have now are two promising young guys, a Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth Jr. Um, in, it's interesting, though, Dave, that in your scouting reports of these two guys, when I read them, it's like they were they were considered to be more uh, like zone favorable mm-hmm. corners. They they play better in that than man to man. Flores is a guy who likes to play a lot of man to man. So do their skill sets suit? What they certainly suited what Ed Donatel was going to do. Right. Will they suit what what Brian Flores is going to do? Well, we're going to find out because these two and guys they're going to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These two guys are, are with uh, 
actually Evans played a lot more than Booth did last year, even though he was a picked later in the draft fourth rounder versus Boone in the second round, but they're going to be in the mix. They have to be in the mix to be competing for these starting positions this year with Peterson gone with Danstler gone. Uh, I think the, the Vikings must feel somewhat comfortable with these two guys and giving them that shot or else they wouldn't have got rid of Danstler in the first place. Uh, Again, it all comes down to the audition for 2024. That's how I'm viewing it. And mm-hmm. they're going to give these guys a chance to audition and, you know, granted, we drafted them last year, so they've got a couple more years after that. But they can make a name for themselves if they step up and show significant improvement. Because they showed flashes. Both of these guys did last season. Let's see those flashes become more regular and see them step up. I think one concern with them it was that, again, in college, uh one of the things you read in their scouting reports was that they had injury issues in college, both Evans and Booth. And last year in the pros, Evans got, I think, three concussions. That's a lot. Uh, so he couldn't stay on the field. Booth had, I think, there was. We that. had a whole episode on helmets because of all yeah, those concussions. Because of that. Uh, Booth had the knee injury that knocked him out at the end of the year, and I think it was a it was a hamstring injury before that that kept him out at the start of the year. So they, they had problems with in, keep staying healthy in college, and in the rookie years in the NFL, they had problems staying healthy. Um, let's see again. Uh, I hope that that's that's concerning, uh, but they're going to have to get over the injury bug. But they're going to have a shot to be start on the outside for the Vikings as well. Uh, a bit of a concern about that because. Uh, remember, if you remember in 2020, like if we have Murphy, who's 25, and then you got Evans and Booth Jr., who are both going into their second years. If you remember in 2020, when we got rid of Xavier Rhodes, uh, we got rid of Trey Waynes, and we went super young on their secondary. We had Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, Holton Cypress Hill, and then we had uh, Jeff Gladney starting, and then Cam Dancer got worked in there too. Well, that young cornerback room got worked hard early in the mm-hmm. season like they were really victimized so i'm a bit concerned if we went murphy evans and booth are your top three right now that's why i feel we've got to get another veteran or two and why not duke shelley <laughs> yeah. why Finally, not gonna duke shelley. um why not that's the fact that he hasn't been re-signed sort of blows my mind it's <clears throat> I popped up earlier Duke's um, slide. It's great. No, it's it's a couple tweets. These are the last two tweets prior to about an hour before the show he's had. They were both yesterday. Uh, first one was I'm just uh, I'm I'm a bet on me, and the second one is I'm just trying to play ball a hundred summers. It's. It's telling me, you know, you can read into it how you want to. He wants to play ball. He's already expressed that he wants to come back to the Vikings. I don't know what the sticking point is. I don't know if it's Brian Flores saying no. I don't know if it's KOC. I don't know if it's uh, Shelley's representation saying, no, we want a boatload more money than you're willing to offer. I... I don't know. I think it's a. I think he's perfect for it. We discussed last night how good he is. Uh, Justin did on inside the red zone. He's awesome. He's a little guy. I would love to see him move into the slot. He but he plays outside. 
I'd love to see him move in the slot, adapt that, and own that because he's a good tackler. Um, why we haven't re-signed him, I have no idea. I figured he would have been one of the first to try to get if somebody else didn't pick him up. And obviously, because he's still out there, somebody else has uh, – nobody's beating down his door. Um, yeah, we're going to go into the second wave of free agency, and some of these guys will get picked up. Um and I think but, that's what's going to happen with, with Duke. I think the the question is, if you're the Vikings, is uh, like, do you really trust what you saw uh, towards the last tail end of the season when Duke Shelley took over the starting job from Cam Dancer and played so well? Uh, he hadn't shown that ability to break through with the Bears in his previous stops. Uh, so maybe the Vikings are like a little bit of a wait and see. But I, I think that I do feel that – you. Duke is not going to be – you're not going to be able to get him quite as cheaply as you did last year when you plucked him off the waiver wire and you were paying him just under a million bucks. Uh, he's going to – because of the way he played at, towards the end of last season, he's going to get a bump in pay a little bit more. But I think he – either way, he's going to be – he should be a reasonable signing for any team and particularly for the Vikings. I, I think that they are going to find a way to get something done and bring him in, but it, it just that it, it'll happen on the second wave of free agency like you were talking about. Um, okay. Well, Brian says sounds like he wants one year deal or an opt out. It hmm. could be that Brian, or it could be just the opposite that he wants a long term deal. I, we don't know. I haven't heard. I haven't heard any rumors when it comes to Duke Shelley, and that that's surprising because I generally hear quite a few about quite a few players. I have heard nothing on Duke Shelley, and uh, I don't know why. It's just. Yes, Ken loved his energy, loved his fight. He's got grit, absolutely. And you want that. That's contagious on a team. You want to spread that contagion. It's it's a wonderful thing. I don't know why. Well, if we don't get Duke back, who else is out there that you're interested in? Yeah, there's – I think the Vikings need a couple of uh, veterans, but if, if you don't get Duke Shelley, a few guys that are out there who have – had starting play and played it, you know, I think fairly well. Uh, Rock Yassin is still available. He had a pretty good year with the Raiders last year. He's still fairly young, uh, still available. He could be a potential guy. He's a guy who's considered to be a pretty good man corner. Uh, he's a big corner. Uh, so he might be a guy that uh, the Vikings and Flores are interested in if the price is right. Marcus Peters is still out there. Um, now he'll be turning 30 this year. So he's on the older side at a position where you don't like to see guys getting to their 30, you know, 30 years of age. Uh, but as, when it comes to like ball production, ball skills, uh, Peterson, uh, Peters is a guy who's always uh, been, you know, got a lot of interceptions, got a lot of pass defenses, takes a lot of chances too. And sometimes he gets burned on that, but he's been a high performing corner his whole career a veteran who could provide some stability to a pretty young cornerback uh, room. Maybe he's somebody that that should be of interest. Um, even if you're looking for somebody maybe as a, in a slot position, Bryce Callahan, uh, he's, he's even older than Peters. He's 32, but he had a pretty good year last year with, with the Chargers. Uh, and he can he's a strictly a slot guy, so he could fill that slot role for you. Uh, and you could probably get he, – he's a player at this stage of his career. He's probably taking one-year deals until he retires. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have to, uh, you know, sign him to a multi-year deal, I think. Those are some potential guys as veterans that we, we – uh, that 
seem appealing to me that could be out there. Shaquille Griffin got released by the Jaguars. Uh, he's another guy who's not super, you know, he's under 30. Um, he was good enough to get a very big money contract with the Jaguars a couple of years ago. I don't think that he suddenly got uh, terrible. Um, you know, maybe you could get him on a one-year prove-it value deal where he's betting on himself and um, and uh, looking to, if he has a good year, looking to cash in on that with a multi-year deal after this year. But, uh, but uh, you know, the Vikings cap situation will play into this, what these guys are looking for, how much cap space we have to, to sign another veteran. Uh, but we have to sign somebody because you, you've got the list up there. We don't have Chris Boyd, who is one of our special teams guys and somebody who filled out the cornerback room. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent right now. Doesn't We haven't re-signed him. I think Tay Gowan. Bunting is a good yeah, one. That's another good one. Uh, Tay Gowan is the only other guy really, and he's been a practice squad guy. He's kind of the only other corner. So we've got to do some things by signing some vets. Uh, but getting Murphy and if we sign another veteran like say a Duke Shelley or a, uh, you know, Rocky Asin. It does, uh, it does lessen the need, I think, for the Vikings to go corner early in the draft, uh, where right now the Vikings, a cornerback was being mocked to the Vikings almost at 23, just about every mock draft you saw, whether it was like taking Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks or somebody like that. Uh, if you've, you've already signed Byron Murphy you, you feel good about a Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth Jr. And then you've signed another vet like Duke Shelley to round out the starting room or, or somebody else. You don't have to go pick somebody really, really early. First round is a corner. And we know the Vikings have a lot player of success. Available yeah. First round or trade back, get more picks because you're not pressed for any position. But I think that the Vikings, it's still wise because you need so many corners, right, Dave? you, you got to have a big corner room. Uh, we had a whole bunch of injuries last year at corner, so we, that's why a guy like Duke Shelley ended up playing, really. Uh, Dancer got hurt, and then Caleb Evans got hurt, who was replacing Dancer, and then it became Duke Shelley. Um, so I think that the Vikings should still have to look at corner, uh, but maybe it's a guy in the third round or the second round if you trade back and get some extra capital. And some guys that might fit that bill are Blue Kelly from Stanford, mm-hmm. a guy who's considered to be a very good press man-to-man corner didn't, and didn't get thrown at a lot at Stanford. He had zero interceptions last year, but nobody ever threw at him. <laughs> so right. it was pretty hard, which is a very high compliment. Uh, yes. They're scared to throw it his way. Blue Kelly might be somebody he's projected to go in that third round range. Uh, Julius, uh, another guy, Emmanuel Forbes, Julius Brents is up there from Kansas State. He's also expected to go to the third round. He's huge, 6'4", about 210 pounds. He's a uh, big good corner. Ball skills. He's a big corner. Uh, not, of course, uh, there's some concerns about his quickness and and And, and his long hip mobility and all hip that. Hip mobility. Has. And he's considered, uh, what I've read, scouting reports are saying, again, he's kind of a more suited for a zone-heavy team than press man. But... Uh, again, a guy who's projected to go in the third round range, big, long arms, huge corner. Uh, he might be somebody to look at at that range. Emmanuel Forbes is another guy from Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Again, rail, rail thin. I think he weighed in at like 166 pounds at the combine, Ooh, which is like lower than Dancer was. Well, yeah, Dancer was in the hundred and high 170s, or, or yeah. yeah. But Forbes is a guy who's. 
he he's he's had a, an, an ungodly amount of pick sixes during his his career in the in the in college football. I think he's set the record for most pick sixes. Uh, and another guy who really he's a press man to man corner specialist. Um, so he had fit for his scheme, extremely productive in college. And another guy because of his size and he's not super super fast that he's projected to go kind of go in that second third round range where the vikings again would don't have to pick a corner right off the block but they do need corners and i think they should be looking at drafting a corner in this draft so maybe a third fourth round maybe second if you add some more draft capital that might work better and then yeah dj turner i see uh drew's stuff it for a wolverine mm-hmm it's 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 going to be interesting how they play out. I think when we're talking defense, our corner is well. Defense was the biggest weak point of all the special or all the teams, special teams, offense, defense. Um, we're getting into it. Corners is obviously a concern. Corner play improves with pass rush. I think we've improved pass rush. So. It's going to be interesting how they work this puzzle together. Like I said, I think it's building for 2024. So if some of these guys can step up, they earn their place. If they don't, we're still working for 2024. It's going to be interesting. That brings us to the end of the show. It's been a long one. We usually don't go an hour and a half. But I want to thank everybody for watching. You guys have been great in the comments been here the whole time we appreciate the numbers it's awesome we are trying to build vikings first in skull you've obviously found us here please hit that like hit that subscribe hit ring the bell that brings you notifications when we go live um and when we have shows we're going to be doing more lives now that we have the capability um it should be fun tyler's down in Arizona on vacation. He'll be back Wednesday. Right now you have this show. I'm going to post it on our new podcast stream here momentarily after we get done. Look for that. We are part of Fans First Sports Network. We're setting up. They have sucked in all the teams. They got pink slips from SB Nation. And we, uh, Climbing the Pocket was one of those. That led to us splitting off of Climb in the Pocket. They're doing their own thing. They're rebranding as well because they can't keep the name, um, at least as far as I know. And uh, we're going to go our own way. We're going to build it the way we want. And you're going to get myself, Darren, the smarter of us two, um, <laughs> along with Tyler Fornis and all his energy to start off as we get our feet under us and then we may, may be adding a few more shows. But until then, you have us. We have you. We love you. Um, we love talking to you. That's the best part of doing this. We love talking to our Vikings. Hopefully our Vikings will do well and win one before we all die. Rest in peace there, Bud Grant. We talked about it last week. Sorry you didn't make it, but hopefully we all do. And well, hopefully it's soon. Any last words there, buddy? Just uh, 
Well, we'll uh, looking forward to what the second week brings, and maybe we'll get some answers on some of these other questions we've been asking, like what happens to Zadarius Smith? Are we keeping him? Is Duke Shelley going to get re-signed or not? Um, and even the the Dalvin Cook situation, which maybe doesn't get resolved, like you say, until he's able to pass a physical and teams can can actually believe that he's healthy enough that he'd be of some use to them if they were to trade for him. Uh, and part of me kind of wonders if the Vikings aren't just waiting to do it like a June 1st uh, Maybe. type type cut, which won't help our salary cap situation now, but after we draft folks, it'll give us the money to, to sign those draft picks and, and, and other guys. I don't, I don't know what's good, but or look for a trade. Hoping we'll, um, yeah. Hoping we'll get some more answers to some of the unanswered questions, but this week answered quite a few questions for us. And, uh, and gave us a bit better window into how the Vikings, uh, after two off seasons now, how, what they're thinking of as far as build roster building and free agency and how they're going to attack that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree. Drew, you figure out all this thinking, plan it into your big board, and nail who we're going to draft come draft time. I can't wait to read that. On your site, watch it when you bring the big boards on Vikings Report with Ted and Drew. I encourage everybody to watch Justin on Purple and Gold for Days. Watch Rhino and Lance on Vikings Uncensored. And because we're all a community and we want to grow that community. It's it's a wonderful thing. We all love talking about the team. And why not? We all want the same thing. Let's win. Let's have a good time. What do we say? We say Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcast as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan from the fan. Skull, everybody! Everybody!